Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Business Edge Podcast. Uh, My guest today is Sam Richter. Now, I've known Sam for probably 20 years now, and uh, he is an incredible resource for business owners. And, and you'll find out why in our conversation. But he is a technology entrepreneur. He's a Hall of Fame speaker and probably one of the best that I've ever seen. And I first saw him at one of my conferences in 2007. Um, but he not only talks the talk, he walks the walk when it comes to things like AI. So with that, I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Sam Richter. Hey, Brian, it's so nice to see you again. And um and talk with you again. It's been way too long. Uh, I love your podcast. I love your newsletters. Um, and we need to do this more often, but I'm really excited to to spend some time with you. Right. Well, Sam, I am one of your like super fans. I've always been one of your super fans. Since you spoke at my conference, I mentioned it back in 2007. Do you remember that when we did? Oh, the- of course I remember it, but, but um, <laughs> you, you scary. Did- yeah, you gave a presentation. We had about 150 people, arguably some of the top people in the small business market from Washington, D.C., from around the country, you know, big organization, government agencies. And you gave this presentation um, about how to use Internet search to find what you're looking for. And yeah. it, it, I remember it to this day. And I've seen wow. a few presentations between now and then. Uh huh. Thank you. But it, it was it was mind blowing. So I've been excited. I've been trying to have you on the show, and our schedules just haven't coordinated. But ever since I found out about AI, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, so that's for me. That's early. People apparently have been working on it for you know 10, 15 years. I'm finding out about it like the rest of America. You know, in January when I hear about Chat GPT. Yeah. Um. But let me ask you this. So you're you have this incredible way of finding information, collecting data in a way that I have never seen before. Right. I mean, in the way you describe it, you help businesses and people find out what they're looking for. So how has AI changed your approach to business? Well, I think the the. the First part of that question is we need to break down AI because there's a big difference between generative AI and AI. So AI, artificial intelligence, is basically machine learning. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, most um, most software is r- rules-based, right? So if I input X, I expect Y. If I don't get Y, I'll go change X. Mm-hmm. And uh, AI... Uh, does basically that it's a rules based but it learns upon itself it's machine learning mm-hmm. so a, a good example of ai would be those roomba vacuum cleaners right so it's rules based like it's programmed to say when you bump into something back up where the ai kicks in is it learns that uh, there's a chair here there's a wall there so as it goes around your room it's learning upon itself mm-hmm. so that's basic AI. And that's been around for a long time. You know, we've had robots in distribution manufacturing uh, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Now, generative AI is something a little bit different. 
generative AI really isn't rules-based. There are guidelines. So, for example, with ChatGPT, the people at OpenAI have have provided it guidelines that say, uh, don't provide medical advice, don't provide mm-hmm. legal advice. Now, you can uh, hijack that. As I think that's the term that, that some people use. Um, but uh, in general, you're going to always get a message that says, you know, we are at ChatGPT, we are not lawyers, you should consult an attorney for this. Mm-hmm. It's not rules-based. So, and it makes it incredibly hard to program uh, in the sense of, when you when you put in X, you don't always get Y. And in fact, your X might be might produce a different Y than my X, because what's going on is uh, generative AI is really a prediction engine. Mm-hmm. So what it's doing is it's predicting the next word uh, based on the entire context of a conversation versus a rules based. What does that mean? Let me give you an example. Uh, Brian, if I say to you, the color of the sky during the day is what? What are you going to say? Blue. Blue, right. And so when you say that, when you go into ChatGPT or generative AI system, you say the color of the sky during the day is, it looks at all, it basically assigns what's called a vector, which is a numerical uh, to the most important words, Mm -hmm. color, sky, day. And then it looks in its huge vocabulary. So all the places that that, those words have ever appeared in context, what should the next word be? Hey, 98% chance it's going to be blue. The color of the sky at night is black. Mm-hmm. And so, again, those vectors, those numbers are going to change, and it's going to look in its database and say, mm, we think, we're pretty sure, 98% sure the next word should be black. Here's where it gets a little goofy. At sunset, the color of the sky is And then it looks at that database. It, it assigns the numbers, but it looks at it and say, well, some of the things we've been trained on says orange, some says pink, some says red. And so it makes a best guesstimate. Mm -hmm. That's completely different than AI. And it's completely different than say traditional search engines. A traditional search engine like Google is rules-based. Now they use some AI technology to, you know, when you go into Google and you start typing something in it, like it, 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 magically knows what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And based on, especially if you're logged into your Google account, it's based on your past history, but it's also based on the history of other people searching as they type in those letters. All right. But in a sense, it's rules based. And what I mean by that, when you search for something in Google, if I search using those exact same words, the exact same results will appear. They'll appear the exactly the same for me exactly the same for you. Now, again, if you're logged into your system, Google's going to use AI to say, okay, Brian's results should be sorted a little bit different than Sam's results. But if there are 500 results, they're going to be pretty much the same 500. Mm-hmm. That's not generative AI. Generative AI is making up, um, making, uh, it's more of a conversation. Right. And it's based on making predictions of what the next word should be. Okay. That's a long winded answer of what the difference between the two getting back to your question. I love that. You- I love that by the way, that's huge for my listeners. Yeah. Cause right. I think it's important to know, as we were talking about earlier, you know, you got to pull back the curtain on the wizard of Oz. I, I think if you understand what's going on, yeah, you pull back, then it makes it when you explain how to use it, it makes it easier. So right. So we've kind of pulled back the curtain and, you know, you've probably heard things. Oh, chat GPT lies. 
No, it doesn't lie. It's just making a prediction based on the context of everything you've been of input. Mm-hmm. So when we think of how, how do I use it for search, it's not a search engine. It can produce, however, great results within context. Give you an example. If I go into ChatGPT, now the key with ChatGPT is to put as much context in as possible. I, I use ChatGPT is kind of like how we say Googling for searching. Yeah. Um, but it's generative AI, which could be Claude, which could be Bard, um, Llama. But we'll uh-huh. use ChatGPT. If I say, okay, I am a, so if I go into ChatGPT and say, give me a great Italian restaurant in Minneapolis, you know, what's a good Italian restaurant in Minneapolis? It's going to look at its data, especially if I've turned on, if I'm using 4.0, which mm-hmm. interacts with Bing, uh, it, it'll pull up a list of Italian restaurants. Now, if I give it context, ChatGPT, you are uh, an expert restaurant connoisseur, mm-hmm. uh, like whatever, whatever that was, uh, restaurant reviewer, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's say, I am a 56-year-old male. Um, I'm taking my wife out for our 30th anniversary. She loves Italian food. Particularly, she enjoys white wine instead of red wine. We're not very fussy people. We don't like the white, you know, we don't like white table dinners, um, but this needs to be a special dinner. So using that as a base, tell me what a good Italian restaurant is. Now I'm going to get a completely different answer. Right. Versus you go in, you might say, hey, it's our 30th anniversary. My wife likes, um, this needs to be violins playing at the table, white linens, white glove treatment. Yeah. You get a different result. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. is I can probably program a query into Google to give me the differences between the two, but ChatGPT is going to do a better job. Now, if I'm searching for um, find me the HR directors at 3M mm-hmm. who are in charge of recruiting, ChatGPT, generative AI will not do, at least today, will not do a good job at that. Okay. Um, so now that's a great question or a great uh, a comment on your part, because historically, what you've been able to do is show people and businesses how to get the information they're looking for when doing a search. So Correct. like sales teams probably have shrines built to you in their offices, right? <laughs> because of all of the ways that you've been able to help them find those HR directors at the companies that they're looking for, right? I've seen it time and time again. It's truly incredible. I do feel like it's magic the way you do it, but Mm -hmm. you know, you, you talk about, you know, most of, of the information is below the surface. Like it's not going to, the information that you want is not necessarily going to be the, what you get in the original search results, Mm-hmm. You have to use one of a, a like a system that you set up where you're able to add words and you have additional fields, you know, the advanced fields. Um, how has AI helped you in the way that you help businesses? Well, that's a great question. You know, I use AI to create gr- massive efficiencies. So okay. first off, I'll use AI to do coding. So I build a lot of technology. So every every industry I speak in, I build what's called an Intel engine, which is a combination of Boolean logic, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, which is the, the, the mathematical algorithms you would use to search Google, search LinkedIn effectively, right. um, and, and AI to look for you know different synonyms of different words, but it's very, very rules-based. Um, so I create all this software. Well, let's say I'm building one for an industry and and for whatever reason, I want to have uh, the, 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 the button that I have on my template is gray. And I'd like to put in a, a red button that when you hover the mouse over it, the font changes, it starts blinking and it turns blue. Now, prior to generative AI, I would have had to, um, I could have figured out how to do that, you know, with some yeah. Google searches, but it would have taken me a few hours. Now I can go in and I can use a plugin. So again, this is on chat GPT four, where you have to pay 20 bucks, but pay the 20 bucks, right? I mean, yeah. I couldn't, <laughs> can't get value out of it, right? Yeah. So, my time's worth a lot more than 20 bucks. So before yeah. I'd spend three, four, five hours in Google trying to do that. Now I have a plugin, a code interpreter, flip it on. And then I type in exactly what I just said to you. I'm having a conversation with my designer. I'm having a conversation with my, my internet person saying, you know, Hey, I'd like a, I'd like a, 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 a button to be red. And when I hover my mouse over it, I'd like it to blink, change fonts and turn blue. And like four seconds later, it gives me the code. It's yeah. not always perfect, but it's pretty darn close. I copy paste it, maybe make a few tweaks. Something that used to take me two, three, four hours of trial and error now takes four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just an example. And I have found it in a similar vein. You know, I, I produce a tremendous amount of content every month. Sure. Yep. And uh, like I'll transcribe this podcast. And now through automation and AI, I can transcribe it using a transcription service. And then <clears throat> I plug it into ChatGPT 4.0. And I say, you know, pull 10 highlights from, yeah. from this 45-minute conversation and give them to me. Now, I still need to edit them because it sounds the, the, right now. The version is it doesn't know my personality. It doesn't know my writing style. I do need yeah. to input that so that it yeah. can learn it. And I, I get that, but I can now all I need to do is just edit it. So what it's done is it saved me an hour of going through and pulling the highlights. Easily. Right? Easily. Yeah. So I'll give you a I'll give you another example that it's a, a tool I built. All of your listeners can use it. It's completely free uh, where it combines AI and generative AI. So in my speaking, uh, one of the strategies I teach is what's called the value added follow up. Uh, simply that that statistically 90 percent of salespeople give up after three connection attempts. Right. Oh, I called the person. They didn't answer. Not returning my voicemail. Oh, I connected with them on LinkedIn and they, they're ghosting me. Uh, they don't return any of my emails. So they give up after three um, and, you know, they, they go away. Statistically, most sales don't even move forward. And I don't mean close the deal, but hey, send me the brochure. Yeah, let's yeah. get for coffee. 80% 80, 80 of sales don't even move forward for uh, somewhere between the fifth and 12th contact. I believe wow. in some industries it's closer to 20. So what does that mean? Does that mean salespeople are lazy? No, it means salespeople are human. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do after the third or fourth attempt, fifth attempt, yeah. ready, to, ready to buy, ready to buy? So I teach this strategy called the value added follow up. Find a piece of information that's highly relevant. Yeah. Send it to the person. So, for example, with you, Brian, uh, if I found a, a, a study, a research report on trends related to small businesses in the age of AI, 
And I just sent that to you. Hey, Brian stumbled across us online, immediately thought of you, hope all is well. You'd be like, wow, that's pretty cool, Sam. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I want to maybe I want to be a speaker at your next conference, mm-hmm. but I don't want to keep bugging you with like ready to hire me, ready to hire me. I just want to stay in touch with you. Okay. So that's the 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 strategy. Um prior to this tool I developed of AI and ChatGPT, um I could do maybe because I block off a half an hour on my calendar a week. Mm-hmm. Right? Half an hour, did it this morning, seven to seven thirty, where I reach out to prospects in ways that are relevant to them. Prior to this tool, I could do three, three a week. I'd have to find the article, read the article, craft an email. I created a tool. It's uh, www.gptfollowup, gptfollowup.com. You Mm -hmm. go in and you search for an article. So I created an article search using AI and Boolean logic to find articles, find research reports, those sorts of things. Great. You find the article that you want. So, for example, I would go in under the find a report, find an article. I type in small business, click on the on the report button. It mm-hmm. would pull up the report, small business trends. I don't even have to read it. It's a 250-page report. I'm not going to read that. Yeah. All I've got to do is copy the web address of that report, go back into the follow-up tool, paste that in. I type in your name. It's going to Brian. It's coming from Sam. There's a pull-down menu that says, what type of message do you want to send? This one would be interesting research. I click a button. It automatically will go out and read that 300-page report, summarize it, craft an email or a LinkedIn message, all in under 10 seconds. So now I'm doing 12 to 15 a day. And that's a tool that combines AI generative AI to create massive efficiencies. Now I'll still go in and edit it. Right. You can't send an email directly from chat from um, gptfollowup.com. You copy it to your clipboard, you go into Outlook, you paste it and, and I edit it. And and that's where, you know, I, I still think it's the, the, the human part is still important. Yeah. But again, <clears throat> three a week, now I'm sending 12 to 15 a week pretty massive. You multiply that by 52 weeks a year. Think of how many more prospects I'm getting in front of. And this is free. Free, completely free. Yeah. Chat is gptfollowup.com. Correct. Yep. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's fun. I think the, 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 the original wave of generative AI is that it, saves a tremendous amount of time for yeah. salespeople and for business owners who, okay, like we've said, this used to take me an hour. Now it takes me three minutes. So I can either use that time in more, you know, face-to-face meetings with my customers, or to your point, I can exponentially increase the number of prospects I'm reaching in a given week. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know, it's a cliche now we've heard it, you know, will AI take your job? No, people who know how to use AI will take your job. Okay. There's truth to that. If you just stick yourself in a cave and don't use these tools, and I'll give you some statistics in a minute that are kind of shocking um, on on the bad side, actually. But, um, but no, it's not going to, it will only remove your job or change your job. If, you don't go deeper. And what do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. 
a salesperson who's an order taker, ChatGPT is going to take your job or yeah. generative AI will. Because yeah. soon you'll be able to go into a, into a chatbot on a website, say, you know, I need the I need the Fetzer valve. By the way, do I get credit for uh, <laughs> referencing Fletch on your show? 100%. 100%. Okay, Put it so on I the Underhill the, tab. Exactly. I need the Fetzer bill. I need the Fetzer uh, valve. Um, and, but I need the kind that fits with the uh, the, the the widget 4,262. Mm-hmm. And ChatGPT will come back. Well, here are three options, right? So the order taker salesman, it's over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the salesperson that understands how to ask really good questions, because here's the thing, ChatGPT, it's only as good as the data that you input. Correct. Oftentimes, we don't know the data to input. We don't know the questions to ask. A good salesperson will ask those questions based on their experience. So that's where humans are going to have to go because the the basic stuff is going to go to automation. It's, uh, I, I say empathy, you know, empathy, listening, asking questions, um, can generative AI ask questions? Yes, but it's only going to ask the questions based on its training, based on uh, the the data that you've input on the front end. And, and a lot of time, the phrase I use, Brian, is unconsciously competent. What do I mean by that? Mm. If I were to say to you, um, okay, Brian, you're bringing on a new sponsor uh, to your to your program. What are the what are the what are the tasks you have to do to bring on that sponsor? You know, write them down for me. You'd probably come up with 10, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. if I videotaped you, there's probably 70. And you just don't know. You're unconsciously competent about the other 60. And so generative AI can come up with some of those 60s, other ones, but it's going to take a human to listen based on experience, ask questions, reading nonverbals. So that's where the human element is going with all of this, in my opinion. In your experience so far this year um, with companies that you work with, where are you seeing the greatest success, like breakthrough success in in your new programs that you're offering, you know, that include generative AI? Yeah. Yeah. The programs that I offer are primarily in sales. So I build what are called Intel engines. You can find them at Intel. I did a horrible job of branding it, Brian. Intel, I-N-T-E-L, engine, N-G-I-N. So not E, <laughs> Intel, N-G-I-N.com. And uh-huh. I build them for all different industries. Where, where I'm seeing a lot of success is um, this concept. Uh, I didn't invent it. I read it somewhere. I wish I could tell you where I read it. But um, this concept that it's no longer enough to be interesting. Mm. What do I mean? Interesting is easy. Like we've all, oh, you got to have a LinkedIn profile. You got to be on YouTube. You got to be on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. You got to have yeah. Facebook page and put out all this content. And because you got to have a personal brand, right? Um, you have to be interesting. Well, guess what? Generative AI has made interesting easy and free. Like I post every day. You know how we yeah. do it? I have a team and what they do is they go in and they upload my books, they upload my videos and they tell generative AI, create a hundred social media posts based on this. They upload that into Canva and Canva overloads the, uh, or puts on top the images, Mm -hmm. right? So it's easy and free to be interesting. Yeah. Today we have to be interested, interested in what the other person cares about. Mm -hmm. It's no longer enough to make, 
sales calls, you know, picking up the white pages, starting at A, ending up at Z. We don't have white pages maybe anymore. We use databases or or we buy lists. Yeah. Brian, you don't care about you. If I send you a personal email, putting in, in, in a MailChimp or something, dear Brian, that's not personal. Right. right. I want to know, you know, hey, here's something that I thought you'd be interested. Here's why I think you'd be interested in it. It's you can't you can't automate that. And so that's where I'm seeing a lot of success is people using my tools not to build lists, although you can do that with my mm-hmm. tools, but it's it's to really learn what's important to the other person. What do they care about? I call it relevance. So my tools uh, really help you be relevant. In relevance, there's th- three core areas of relevance. What are somebody's goals? What are their fears? And what are their care abouts? The beautiful thing is so much information out there. If you know how to find it, a lot of the answers to those questions, you can learn before you walk in the room. Goals, fears, and what they care about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm a salesman at heart, and I've always followed the 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 credo that selling is 90% preparation and 10% presentation. Yeah, that's probably true, right? Yeah, and it's it's really it's um you know so what does that mean practically? What are their goals? Well, go, go read a recent newspaper article. If it's a publicly traded company, read their annual report. Read the CEO yeah. report. What do they care about? Oh, they really care about sustainability. Okay, mm-hmm. what are their fears? Now, okay, that's their corporate goals. Now I'm meeting with with uh, Julie, and she's their director of marketing. Well, her, what are her goals mm-hmm. related to sustainability? Now that might not be quote unquote findable online, but because I've prepared, I can now ask a good question. For example, Julie, in doing some research, um, you know, prior to a meeting, I saw that your CEO uh, is really focuses on sustainability and some of the new products you come out with, as you know, I'm not uh, really focused on that. But but Julia, in the marketing department, what does sustainability mean to you? Yeah. Right? That's yeah. a way better question because I'm prepared than the old way of doing it. Hi, Julie, what's keeping you up at night? You know, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's preparation. And that's relevant. So what are their goals? What are their fears? Julie tells you what her goals are. Hey, what, what's getting in your way of accomplishing that? And I've already done some homework on what she cares about. So I can weave that in throughout my conversation as well. For, for our listeners now, I, I they're probably somewhere between like AI 101 and 201. Is, sure. is, I'm gonna, I mean, we have the, the people who are definitely 301, right? And, and who, who've taken it to the next level. Um, what are some of the biggest... Um, I want to say obstacles or mistakes that my listeners can make if they don't, if they try and do shortcuts, you know, what, what, I, what I'm thinking is, Oh, okay. AI, let me, let me do the, you know, uh, cliff notes version of understanding what it is and let me just put it into action. Now I know they can't break it, but what are some, some of the mistakes that you see people and companies making trying to incorporate AI into their business? That's a great question. I would say the first one is believing everything that AI says. Okay. AI is designed or generative AI. I even confuse the two. Generative AI is designed to give you a response and it's designed to present that response in an incredibly confident confident manner, Mm -hmm. even if it's making 
um, uh, information up. Remember, it's not lying. It's just making predictions based on your inputs. Right. Number one, you have to give it a great input, right? You have to tell it, you have to, in, in detail, first off, you have to give it a persona. Mm-hmm. So what do, who do you want chat again using chat gpt who do you want chat gpt to be today i want chat gpt to be one of the uh let's say i'm writing a blog post i want it to be um uh, uh the persona of a writer for the wall street journal write okay. in a very professional manner um use humor where appropriate okay then you have to tell it what your goals are so what are your goals of you know this blog post will be about and then you have to say who the audience is. This blog post is for. Um, maybe provide some additional details. Um, but we, once you input, uh, what is the environment? Where are these people going to be reading your blog? Um, the readers of this blog will most likely be on a mobile device. And so uh, long form content won't be appropriate. How mm. would you like the result to deliver? I would like the result to be um, no more than 500 words. Uh, with uh, uh, headers, subheaders, and any data formatted in a table. Okay. So you've got to put that level of detail if you want good output. Right. Now, here's the number. So you do all that. You get something great. It produces a wonderful result. Double- Can I ask a quick question? Yes, please. Would you, would you create a template? Like if, you, if, the, if that's the way that you produce your blogs, do yeah. you suggest then creating this template that's just you got it written in like a Word document, just cut and paste it okay. every time? Okay. For sure. Okay. And okay. Uh, and uh, and I'm going to talk about something right after I'm done here called uh, it's what I do. It's make make technology easier. So you're asking like, what is the 1.0, 2.0s do? Yeah. Okay. But once you get your piece of content, whether that's code, whether uh-huh. that's blog post, uh, an email, double triple check your sources. Now, there are some plugins that will do that for you. Yeah. Um, but again, let's talk about the 1.0, 2.0 people. Plugins, what's a plugin? I don't know. <laughs> you see a source. Here's, it's very simple. If you see something referenced, a quote, a, 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 a statistic, grab that statistic, grab that quote, copy it, go into Google, paste it in, and here's the magic trick. Put that quote, put that statistic, put that source within quotation marks. When you do that, you're telling Google the words within quotation marks must appear in that exact order. You're treating it like a single entity. Mm -hmm. If that quote shows up nowhere else, ChatGPT made it up. If that statistic only shows up in like one or two places, oh, it shows up in a a research report that a junior high school kid wrote. Okay, don't, don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get your sources. Um, getting back to the other thing, so the templates, great mm-hmm. idea. And so a lot of the technologies I build, Brian, are like I didn't I, I didn't build Google. I build tools that make using Google better based on what you care about. I didn't build LinkedIn. I build tools that make searching LinkedIn better than what you could do on your own. Mm-hmm. The great thing is, is, is there are so many of those types of services out there that are leveraging generative AI that will do the work. So there's a uh, listeners might want may have heard of AIPRM. Oh, yeah. No no idea what it stands for, but it's a whole library of those templates. Yeah. Subscribe to it. I can't remember what it is. It's pretty reasonable. 
you subscribe to it and then you can go do a search search on blog posts 15 different templates show up you select a template you go in mm-hmm. you know and there are services that leverage ai just like like my tool gptfollowup.com there are other tools that leverage generative ai leverage chat gpt to make using it easier so finding those types of tools that's where i would do a google search by the way yeah um, yeah you know what is the best the best generative ai or the best chat gpt tool for analyzing a spreadsheet and it'll it'll pop up somebody has written a blog post on that mm. um you don't have to be an expert because but what you have to be is an expert on knowing what you want and then going right. to search for someone who's already built that template for you because they, they're out there. And so ask questions, ask lots and lots of questions so that you can take a mountain of information and you can just whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down until yeah. it is what you want. Exactly. So, and, exactly. and you're learning as you go, you're learning what are the best questions to ask. I, I've done that. And, and in a lot of the work that I do, I use ChatGPT to help me find information. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I'm doing a lot more editing than I probably need to do. I, I, I have to get back into it before these habits and get ingrained in my brain. And that is don't take just what they, they give me and then copy it to a Word document and edit it. Go back in and say, refine it, you know, fix this, make it sound more like that. Right. Yes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. And and the refining is also really important because you just go back in and you say, oh, this was good. But now, um, you know, make I'd like using that example from earlier where I said we we're going to write a blog post. Or we're going to have a table. Um, I look at it. Doesn't look great. I say, OK break those statistics in the table into bullet points Mm -hmm. Um, craft a better conclusion based on uh you know the opening paragraph whatever yeah so that's where you can refine your 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 generative ai um usage all right we're i hate this because we're in the home stretch i would love to have you come back on and, and talk more because i i'm getting excited about all of the great information that you share today i know my listeners are going to so we're going to have you back and and the, the, some point this year sam if that's okay oh, that's awesome. yeah sure. because i want to yeah. talk about huh? well we i can guarantee here's the thing when we talk three months from now, everything we just said is probably going to be wrong because the technology <laughs> are going to be so much further advanced by then. Well, it, it'll be next level. That's that's what we'll do. What is so how can people learn more about you, what you're doing? Like, can we follow your blog, your newsletter, go to your website? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty easily findable. Um, yeah. You know, just go into Google and type in my name, Sam Richter, R-I-C-H-T-E-R. My mm-hmm. website is samrichter.com. Um, if you go to my, I guess it's called the store on my site, you can find all the different tools that I just shared with you. Uh, I have a website called you got Intel, Y O U G O T I N T E L.com. That's also completely free. And where I put some of my best, uh, free search resources there, Wow! So you can find lists, you can, um, you know, dive kind of do hidden research inside other people's website there's an incredibly powerful news search engine a tool that helps you uh, find third-party research reports all super easy to use and super free um so that's probably the best way and I'll i love you, that 
Yeah. All right. One last thing, Brian. Yeah. I'll tell you what, what has Sam been playing with today? Um, APT <laughs> launched this just a couple of days ago. It's on 4.0 and they're slowly rolling it out. Um, in this chat GPT search field, or I guess it's not search field, field where you enter in information, yeah. there's a little picture icon. You can click on that picture icon and upload any picture and ask ChatGPT to interpret it. It's scary. Uh, so, for example, you can take a whiteboard. You know how you're sitting with your team and you, you're you doing your strategic planning for 2024 and you've got all these notes on the whiteboard? Yeah. Uh, before, you used to have to tell the assistant, hey, take three hours out of your day and make sense out of this and summarize it and send it to everybody. Now you take a picture on your um, your mobile device of that whiteboard. This this feature isn't on mobile yet, so you, you know, kind of email it to yourself and then upload that to the chat GPT. You just kind of click on the um, that little picture icon. Mm-hmm. Say, um, Please summarize these meeting notes for me. And even if your handwriting is illegible, it does it. It's scary good. Um, wow. Well, that's the kind of the that's that's what's called multimodal. Yeah. Um, and so right now, most people's use of chat GPT has been, um, you know, text. Yeah. Multimodal is when it is able to interpret audio, video and pictures. And this is the best one of being able to interpret pictures I've ever seen. And videos are coming next. So uh, um, wow. a, a, video, a video would be, you know, your car is going clinkety, clinkety, clink. Yeah. You pop up the hood, you take a video of it, you upload it to a system. Five seconds later, it comes back and it says, you know, here's what you need to fix. That's where this is going. Wow. My mind just got blown. That's yeah, unbelievable. I'm going to yeah. check that out today. Sam Richter, thank you so much for being on our show today. We 100% need to get you back. It's okay with you. I know your time is precious, but I'd love to talk more with you because I learned so much from you just in today's program. Um, Thanks. Yeah, thank you. And to our listeners, it doesn't get much better than that. Check out Sam, all of the information he gave us today, the websites. I'll put them on the resource page so you can you can look at it and you can follow up with him. And I will have him back because I know that'll be some of the questions you ask. When can you get him back on? So we'll, we'll definitely do that. Sam, have a great rest of your day, rest of your week. And like I said, I'll follow up with you to get you back on the show. Thank you for all of the wonderful information and for clearing up a lot of what generative AI is, AI, ChatGPT 4.0. I'm going to check out that new feature today. And we'll see you on the next episode of Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. So thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Small Business Edge Podcast. Take care. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.